back to another episode of Riding the Wall. I'm Chad, and I'll be in here by myself tonight. Uh, Justin's out for tonight. He's He's got some things he's taking care of. He'll be back with us pretty soon, pretty soon. Don't know when, but pretty soon. Um, nothing's going to hold that guy down very long. But uh, I've had some people saying, hey, what's going on? Where's the podcast at? I ain't had it for a couple of weeks. Well, sometimes life happens, and that's just what we have to do. We have to take care of life, and then we, we get back moving on. But... Uh, Wanted to get on here and have another get back into these podcasts because I've been missing it, to be honest with you. I'm having a lot of fun doing these things, and I've been missing it. So I wanted to get on here. I know, like I said, I missed. I really wanted to talk about Vegas with Kyle Larson. That's my guy. He's went, he won the race. And I really wanted to talk about, which we can now because it was the latest race at Homestead. I don't even know how to explain that. It was... It was a good race. It was um, it was typical homestead racing. You know, there was a lot of guys up there riding the wall, and uh, just you know, the whole track is just spaced out. It's a lot of good racing, top to bottom. The track adjusts, the drivers adjust, and what you're seeing from these guys early on is not going to be what you see from these guys later in the race. And that's that's it held up to that that typical homestead Miami race. But what uh, what really got me is Larson's move that uh, he just took out the barriers there at the uh, entrance to pit road. <laughs> and I think I've probably only seen that maybe once or twice in my life. Somebody actually hit those barrels, you know, and usually they're spinning out. They're out of control. They don't have really have a choice. That's just where the car took them and they hit the barrels, but not this time. He was coming in pretty hot. You know, um, a lot of people blame it on Blaney for coming in too slow some people blame it on Larson for coming in too hot. It may be a little bit of both. I don't know. I I, I think I'm going to put the blame on Larson for coming in too hot. You know, how can you fault somebody like Ryan Blaney for coming in too slow when your your championship hopes are on the line? You can't afford to have a pit road penalty, and he was just making sure he didn't. Um, Larson was just trying to, like he said in his post-accident interview, you know, he just came in too hot. He was trying to make the best gains that he could. Um, so maybe he might be able to pass Blaney as they exited pit road. So you can't fault him for coming in a little bit too high because we understand what he's trying to do. It just didn't work out. And uh, so he's to blame for that. But thankfully for him, he won at Vegas, so he was already locked into the chase. So it really didn't matter. But it, it mattered to me because I had him picked in a fantasy league. So that kind of sucked. Getting a 34 is... It really messes with your emotions, you know, especially this late in the game. And if you're in our game, you understand if you're in that league. But um, so, yeah, and then right after that, you had Denny Hamlin hitting the wall, Martin Truex just blowing an engine. And it just seemed like everything went crazy after that. You know, everything was together and going like it should be. And then all of a sudden, this happened, that happened, that. And it was just like, whoa, what? And next thing you know, the race is over and Seabell wins after he was almost a lap down. After he started trying, when he. <laughs> I'll never forget that, you know, the, well, that was probably my favorite part of the race was when um, Christopher Bell's crew chief said, hey, we need we need to try to stay on this lead lap here, you know, you're, I know we're struggling, but we need to stay on the lead lap, and he's like, okay, I'll try, I'll start trying now, <laughs> that was just, it's pretty funny, because he said it's so calm and cool, I know he's being as sarcastic as hell, but he was just, yeah, okay, nonchalant, yeah, I'll start trying, whatever, and then next thing you know, he wins the race, so. 
congratulations to Seabell. It's a I I pull for Seabell. You know, I don't. Uh, you know, there's some drivers out there that I root against. Not very many, but there's a couple. And then there's a couple Larson and Kyle Busch that I I root for. Seabell just kind of falls in the middle there. I don't root for him. I don't really root against him. But sometimes I will root for the kid. And um, so I'm happy. I'm happy to see him do pretty good. You know, I know last year for him was a struggle winning when he had to, and that's got to be just stressful, anxiety-filled week, you know. So he didn't have to do that again this year. He was able to win and then move on to Martinsville without all the stress and hassle, like some of these other guys that we're getting ready to talk about. So with that being said about Miami, let's look ahead at Martinsville a little bit. So here's what we've got, and I don't know the exact numbers on it. I mean, I know the order they're in as far as the, their playoff standings. I don't know exactly how many points they're out or below the cut line. I don't know. Um, but we've got Larson and Bell locked in. You know, Vegas and Homestead, we just talked about. They won, so they're locked in. Nothing to worry about. They can just go out there, and that is ideal as, well... I don't know, but I would have to assume that that would be as ideal as it can get for a NASCAR guy is to go into a place like Martinsville and a cutoff race. I would not want to be in a position where I had to win, you know, because that's just a tough track. That's You can run a perfect race, and somebody else's mistake is going to take you out very quickly and very easily, and you just don't want that on your – you don't want that on your uh, – in the back of your mind, you know. You don't want to have to go in there with that kind of stress. It just makes a bad day worse, you know. And the only thing to fix it is a win. But, uh, so we got Larson and Bell locked in. Now, what I've been thinking about is the scenario for these other six guys. So let's take a look at Byron. What's Byron got to do to lock himself into Phoenix? Well, he's he's got a pretty good cushion on the lead, or on the, uh, on the points, over... Blaney, Reddick, Truex, Hamlin, and Busher. He's comfortable. He's he's as close as you can get to being locked in without actually being locked in. So all he needs to do is go out, have a decent race. Don't crash out before the end of the first stage. You know, go up there and get you some points, get you some stage points, run a clean race, and then let the chips fall where they may, and you should be in. No sweat. Now I know that's. Easier said than done. It's Martinsville. You know, there's a lot of bumping and bumping and banging going on going in them turns. Somebody coming in a little bit hot can spin you out, put you into the wall, end your day early. That's that's the only thing you're really trying to not do if you're William Byron. Just keep it clean, get some stage points, have a decent race. So I consider William Byron pretty much locked in. I don't really think he's going to have much of an issue with that. With the year that he's been having, he is going to be fine. So that's going to be three spots taken, right? We're looking for four. So with, with those three, three out of four spots are taken. So that leaves the rest of the guys fighting for one spot. Five guys, one spot. Let's take a look at them. Starting at the bottom here. Let's go Chris Buescher. What's he got to do? He's got to win. Has to win. He's so far out of the points. He could win stage one, win stage two, finish second in the race. 
he's probably still not going to advance. So he has to win. No option. But, with the kind of year that Chris Buescher has been having, it's not out of the question. You know, he could do that. I mean, this is the best year he's ever had. And he's got a teammate that's going to help him as much as he can advance, right? And his teammate, by the way, is somebody who is very good at racing at Martinsville with Brad Kozlowski. So keep your eye on Busher. I don't expect him to move on. I think he will I think he will end up falling out, but I think he's going to have a good race. Um I'm hoping that he don't push too hard and end up taking himself out. You know, he's got to be very careful. He's he's got to get everything that he can. He, it, stage points don't matter. So he don't have to play the stage point game in stage one and stage two. That's out the window for him. All he has to do is go out and win. One goal. Win. Can he do it? Yes. He's not all that great at, at Martinsville. But he's not too bad at short tracks. So... You know, we've we've said in past shows RFK's figured this thing out or they're figuring it out this year and it's it's showing. You know. Um it would not surprise me at all if Christopher Busher wins this race. I don't look for that to happen, but it wouldn't surprise me. But that's what he has to do. He has to win. That's it. Let's go back up and look at Ryan Blaney. He's currently sitting fourth in the points. What does he need to do? Keep it clean. Have a good finish. Um, you know, I haven't, like I said, I haven't done the points. I haven't done, I don't know exactly what they need. How many points do they need to get to finish ahead of this person or that person? I haven't played out all that scenario. But just quickly looking at it, he needs to keep it clean. Don't get involved in anybody's accidents. Um, you Ideally, you don't want to have any pit road um, mistakes. But it's possible. Just make them don't don't make them very big mistakes. You got to finish up towards the front of the field. You got to finish. I think Ryan Blaney. I don't know. Looking at it, I'd say he'd probably have to finish around the somewhere in the tenth spot. Tenth or better, he should be good. You know, go up there, pick up a few stage points, finish in the top ten, should advance, quite possibly. You know, depending on what these other people do, and that's why this race is going to be so drama-filled. Every lap, we're going to have these announcers on TV updating these points and saying who's in, who's out, and it's going to change by the lap. So you're going to see a lot of shuffling of these eight of these eight drivers, eight names that uh, that I'm talking about. But I think Blaney, just keep it clean, get you a top ten, go up there and get you some stage points, keep the pit road mistakes to a minimum. Should be good. Right? Should be good. And like I said again, easier said than done. Because Ryan Blaney's year, he didn't really have much of a first year, uh, first half of the year. It was kind of all over the board. You know, with the year that he had last year, no wins. He comes into this year, he's got not much to really show for it. You know, he, di he didn't, um, he's had a few good finishes. I remember he finished uh, second at Phoenix. But nothing really major that stands out until he gets that win there at uh, Talladega and locks himself in. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Charlotte, that's what I'm thinking of. Sorry, I had to look that up. I knew he locked himself in with a win, but I couldn't remember where he was. He won at Charlotte. Um, 
So, and then after that, he's had a pretty good year. He just had to get that monkey off the back, get the win, and then go race. And that's what he's been able to do. And look where he's at. He's he's in the top four heading into the cutoff race at Martinsville. So keep it clean. Run your race. Do what you do. You're going to be good, Mr. Blaney. Now, with that being said, it gets to be a little bit hairy behind him. So, depending on what these guys behind him do, it's going to depend on what Blaney has to do. And that's where it gets crazy. And it's going to make it an amazing race to watch. Because let's, let's, okay, next one up is Tyler Reddick. And this is where these all kind of, I don't know, it's, Reddick is in a, I don't know, I, I, I want to say he's in a good spot, I want to say he's in a bad spot, it's tough to say. He's below the cut line, which is a bad spot. He's in a good spot because he's got some guys out there with him that's looking to help him. But then at the same time, those same guys are fighting for the same thing he's fighting for. So it's not really a good spot. So he's, I don't know. Do you think he's a good spot or bad spot? I, it's 50-50 if you ask me. But what does Tyler Reddick need to do to advance? He just needs to have a good run. You know, again, just like everybody else, keep it clean, have no pit road mistakes. He needs to have no pit road mistakes. Not keeping them at a minimum like Byron or maybe Blaney. He has to have no mistakes. He needs to finish towards the front. Like, I'm talking top five or better is what Reddick needs to do. He don't need to win. He don't have to win. Of course, winning is, is the goal here, and that's what's going to ultimately lock him in If for anybody. For any of these eight guys, it's gonna gonna go ahead and lock them in. But he just needs to finish top five, no pit road mistakes, run you a clean race, and he's capable of that. He's one of the best drivers out there. You know, he's one of the best young talents out there as far as his talents behind the wheel of that car. So keeping it clean is not really gonna be an issue for him. He can do that no problem. Um, it's the pit road mistakes. Uh, we haven't seen too many of those out of him this year. But. Just keep it clean, you know. I'm trying to go over in my head what all, what all, if I'm Tyler Reddick and I'm sitting here getting ready for this race, what am I telling, what am I telling myself I need to do? I'm just saying focus. Just let me do me. Let me do what I do best, get as close as I can to the front, and try to finish in that top five. You know, um, The problem with that is, Reddick is not very good at Martinsville, so we shall see. Um, I don't know his exact finishes over the year, but I know they are, they're rough. They're back in the 20s. You know, they're 15th and below is usually where Tyler Reddick is going to finish at Martinsville. So, going off of history, he's not going to do well. But you never know, you know. Um, there's always that time when somebody has that breakout race, then they can turn it around. I mean, Kyle Larson was the same situation. 
he he openly admitted, I hate going to Martinsville. I suck at that track. I don't like it. I just want to go in there, take, turn my laps, and get out because I don't do well. And then he put in the work, a lot of time on the simulator, and look what he did. He ended up winning the spring race this year. So, you know, hey, as far as I know, Tyler Reddick may be on that simulator all week long in preparing for this race. And for his sake, hopefully he is. But just because history says he needs that practice for this track. I don't see Tyler Reddick advancing um, just because he has to do so good and it's just history is against him on this. He's got the potential. He's got the team. He's got the talent. I just don't think it's going to happen. And then we get to the last two. And this is where it really gets interesting. You got Martin Truex and Denny Hamlin. They're sitting back in 6th and 7th place in the points, right? They're not quite to a must-win situation like Chris Buescher is, but they're the next closest thing to that. Um, they need to... And 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 I can describe what, what one of these drivers needs to do to advance, and it's going to be the exact same story for the other driver. They're in the same exact situation. The issue with these two, and it's not really an issue, it's it's what's going to make this race fun for me, because these are the two guys that I'm watching. Truex is a multi-time winner at Martinsville. Denny Hamlin, multi-time winner at Martinsville. Truex drives a Toyota for Joe Gibbs. Denny Hamlin drives a Toyota for Joe Gibbs. Um, both, well... I'm not going to say both. I almost said both, but I forgot. Denny Hamlin has not won that championship, whereas Truex has. So, so Truex has the advantage as far as past champion, past past winner of it all, whereas Denny doesn't, he doesn't have that yet. He doesn't have that little patch on his suit yet that says that, Xfinity Series champion. But... Uh, I say Xfinity. I mean Cup Series champion. What am I doing? What am I talking about? Jesus. It's getting late and I've got dinner on the brain. Um, but Truex has won the championship before. Hamlin has not. So you got to give that little bit of experience there to Truex. And these guys are both, I mean, they're they're veterans. They know what it takes to get around this track. They know what it takes to win. And they're teammates. So what's going to happen... What's going to happen late in this race when you've got Martin Truex or Denny Hamlin? It don't matter. One of them's running, let's say one of them's running third, the other one's running fourth. And they both have to finish in that third or better spot. You know? Let's say, let's say Truex is running third and Denny Hamlin is running fourth. Is Denny Hamlin going to knock Martin Truex out of the way to get to that championship four? Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that are anti-Hamlin that are going to say, yeah, he'll knock him out of the way and then laugh about it the whole time. Well, he might. Is he going to sit back and just uh, try to get around him clean and let the chips fall where they may at the end of the race when the checkered flag falls? He might. Um, it's Denny Hamlin. He can be a very clean driver if he wants to be, but he can very be, he can very well be a very bullish driver if he wants to be. I can't, I can't blame him. I mean, if I'm in his situation, 
like I've said before, I'll probably spin out my mom to get a to get a, a trip to the championship four or or a win or you know something of of that nature. So it's all on the line right here. You know, this is what this guy's been fighting for forever for his whole career in the Cup Series. So we'll see. But what do they got to do? They don't quite have to win. They just have to... And we've seen it from both of them. No mistakes on pit road. Just like last week, we had Martin Truex had two bad pit stops that cost him some some spots, which ultimately it didn't matter. He ended up blowing up his engine. But, you know, you can come in and you can be running a great race. Just a, a perfect, flawless race. He's right where he needs to be in his own mind as far as how the car's running, how the track's handling, how his car's handling on the track. And then you have a bad pit stop. And that just totally throws your mind into a whirlwind. And then you're driving angry, you're driving mad, or you're trying to push just a little bit too far going into these turns, or you're, you're pushing that car just a little bit harder than you were before, and then you end up making a mistake, all because of a bad pit stop. And we've seen bad pit stops by both of these guys. Like I said, this is this is nothing new to both of these. Um, like I said, they don't have to win, but they they both need to finish as close to the front as they can. I mean, I'm talking like got to be top five, have to. I'm maybe even top three. But if, if I'm one of them two guys, I'm going out where out there with the mindset of winning the race. And getting as many stage points as possible. I mean, you almost have to. Which is tough to do. You know, with so many people. And maybe not this, this far into the season. But, you know, so many guys out there, they, they either they're planning on winning the race or they're planning on getting the stage points to advance. Well, this is it. Now it's, it's put up or shut up. So you got to get stage points. You got to You got to go for the win. And the thing with both of these guys, they're both talented enough that they can do that. They, like I said, multi-time winners at this track. Both of them have been to the championship four numerous times. And this is where it's going to get interesting, you know. The Truex Hamlin, that's going to be the show to watch. Now, if you're Denny Hamlin's position, you've also got Tyler Reddick out there, who's driving your car. You own his car. What do you do if he's the, if he's the guy right in front of you? Do you spin him? Bump and run? Put him in a wall and say, sorry, bub, maybe next year. You know? <laughs> I would not want to be Denny Hamlin right now. You know? And and I'm going to give you my take on Denny Hamlin real quick. I've talked to so many people that say, I just, I don't like Denny Hamlin. Don't like him. I want to see him wreck every week. I want to see him lose every week. Whatever the case. I, I'm not that way. I'm I'm kind of a 
I'm not a Denny Hamlin fan. I don't root against the guy. And I feel that when I hear him talk about a situation that happened on the track the previous week, you know, sometimes I've, I've listened to his podcast a few times. I feel like everything that he says and his point of view on certain topics, I agree with. You know, the whole Ross Chastain incident. I don't blame him for doing that. I would have probably took Ross Chastain out before that. You know, I mean, look how many times Chastain cost him a race or cost him a good finish last year. He was just getting ahead of that ball game this year, you know. That's how you get somebody to leave you alone. Stay off of me. Dump them. Dump them quick. Dump them hard. They'll leave you alone. And that's what he did. He just he just did the wrong thing by admitting it, yeah. You don't never do that. I mean, everybody knows that. You would think, but I guess not. Some have to learn the hard way. Um, you know, so his position on a lot of things are just, I agree with them. A lot of people don't, and that's why a lot of people don't like him. But I, I view Denny Hamlin right now as the Ric Flair of NASCAR. Is there anything wrong with that? Hell no. Because as most of you know, Ric Flair was the best. <laughs> he was the best, you know. Every Mount Rushmore of wrestlers had Ric Flair on it. You know, I mean, I hate to go off about wrestling right now. Actually, I don't hate it, but some of you may not know what I'm talking about. But most of you will. You know, Hulk Hogan's looked at as the face of wrestling. Ric Flair was better. He just didn't get all the accolades that that some of the other guys did. And that's kind of where Denny Hamlin is right now. He's trash talking. Nothing wrong with that. Most of us do. We have fun with it. I look for a moment to trash talk anybody I can whenever I can. Why not? just takes them out of their game. That's all. I mean, like in our, our fantasy league right now, me and Scotty, HR Scotty, that's... That's all we do to each other. We we just we just trash talk all week long. We make fun of each other. Now we love each other. You know we're brothers from another mother, and uh, we'll protect each other till the death. But you know we're gonna make fun of each other the whole time. We just trash talk. That's what we do, and that's what Denny Hamlin's doing right now. He's just trying to get these other guys out of their out of their game, out of their off their A game. Ain't nothing wrong with that, and that's why a lot of people don't like him. But whose issue is that? It's not Denny Hamlin's. So. But that's my take on these final eight drivers. Larson, Bell, Byron, they're good. Nothing to worry about. Go run a clean race. Larson and Bell don't even have to do that. They can just go out there, take a lap, and come back in. Whatever. They're locked in. Byron, run a clean race. Busher, you better swing for the fences. He's capable. Just got to do it. Blaney, keep it clean. Do the best you can, talented enough to do it. I like Blaney. I wouldn't mind seeing him do it. Reddick, you're in a pickle, son. Swing hard, swing often. Hope you connect. Truex Hamlin, that's the show. That's the show right there. So out of, so we've got five guys going for one spot, like I said. Who do I think is going to be? Well, I don't know. 
you know, sometimes I think it's going to be Truex. Sometimes I think it's going to be Hamlin just because of their past experiences at the track. You know, the quality of driver that they are. Blaney's sitting best as far as points. If he can keep it clean, he's good. Reddick, talented enough. Busher, same thing, talented enough. They both just got swings to fences. Hope they connect. Um, and as we know, the old hail melon move, illegal this year. So <laughs> I wasn't much a fan of that move anyway when it happened. It was great. It was incredible to watch. Very incredible. I mean, look, I'm still talking about it a year after it happened. As a lot of people have been, but uh, I wasn't a fan of it. It's kind of a cheap move. But it worked. Hey, it worked. It got him. It accomplished what he needed to accomplish. So, And it was the inspiration for the name of this podcast. But we won't be seeing any of those this year. And I'm fine with that. I'm hoping Martin Truex can win it, just because of fantasy reasons. You know, me and Justin, every time we give our picks, we're always discussing, is this because of fantasy, or is this what you really think? Mine is just because of fantasy. Fantasy standings and fantasy standings only, I'm thinking Martin Truex is going to win it. And that's who I picked in this in this uh, this week for my, my uh, league pick was Martin Truex. He was the last... Um, I'm not going to say good driver. I'm going to say top dog driver in the points. He was the last one I had. so And I've had him penciled in at Martinsville since probably midway through the season, making sure I don't use him before that because you got to pick Martin at Martinsville. It just makes perfect sense. So that's what I did. Hope for the best. You know, roll them dice and see where they land. Um, let's see. That's really all I've got to cover about Martinsville. I just want to talk about the drivers. You know, pick my view on what they needed to do, who I think is going to do what. I'm not looking to talk about it all day. We've been hearing about Martinsville all week. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a show. I can't wait, you know. I'm usually not looking forward to Martinsville's race just because, I mean, I've been there a couple of times. I've watched a couple of races. My first ever NASCAR race was at Martinsville in 1999. Um, I looked it up just just to see exactly what year it was that I went just the other day, because I couldn't remember. I knew it was late 90s, and I only knew that. I only remembered that because Dale Sr. was, was still driving, so I knew it was late 90s, and I was married at the time, and I got married in the mid-90s, so somewhere in that window. <laughs> I looked it up, and it was it was 1999, Jeff Gordon wins the race, which made me mad. I was not a Gordon fan. Um, and Dale Earnhardt Sr. finished second. And I do remember Sr. was like two laps down at one point in that race, and he come back to finish second. And I think had they had maybe ten more laps, Sr. would have got him. But uh, that was my first NASCAR race at Martinsville. But still, I don't... I've always thought the racing at Martinsville was just a little bit... I don't know... I view it as slow. It's not really a it's not really a slow track. I mean when you think about it, it's two drag strips with a hairpin turn at the end. That's crazy when you think about it like that. Because as soon as these guys come out of the turns, they're just stomping on that gas and they're gone. As fast as that car'll get them. And then they're hard on the brakes. 
So, and that's what makes it interesting because if the guy in front gets on them brakes a little bit too soon, they're going to get bumped from behind, could be spinning out, could hit that wall. So it's, it's, it's a nerve wracking track, but I've just never really looked forward to a Martinsville race, but I am now, now that we have this as a cutoff race, you do good. You're going to the the championship four. That makes it exciting. That makes a track that I didn't look forward to. Now I'm looking forward to it. So, and that's what NASCAR should be doing, right? You know, I mean, make some of these places exciting again. And 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 I view it as exciting. So, we'll see. Um, we're definitely going to tune in. Definitely going to be pulling for whoever you're pulling for. Um, hope for the best, man. This is. This is a track that is, it can get crazy. And a matter of fact, it did get crazy. That first race that I went to was the race that, um, I believe, I believe it was. The first two races that I went to were both at Martinsville. And one of them was the race that uh, Tony Stewart got out and threw his helmet at Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch was in that Sharpie car, number 97. I think Kurt ended up hitting him and taking him out, and Tony got out, and he was, this was a young Tony, right? So this he gets out, and he's standing in the middle of the track, right there and turns one and two, and just chucks that helmet right at Kurt Busch. I remember that. It was awesome. But yeah, those are probably my two biggest highlights from Martinsville. I never got a hot dog while I was there. I didn't know they were so famous at the time. I was just a young guy. I didn't know the Martinsville hot dog was a thing. But if I ever go back, I'm going to have to get one. You know, Make fun of me if you want, going to get a hot dog, but... Just to see if they're as good as they say they are. But uh, but that's my take on Martinsville. So we'll move on. Moving on. Second thing I wanted to do in this episode was give a shout out to my son. Who, as we've talked about before, he's he's big into the iRacing thing now. And I've been watching him. And let me tell you, this kid is good, man. He's good at this, at this iRacing stuff. And um, he races... He got his first win. I've talked about this on the on the past episode. He got his first win not too long ago. But what makes it a big deal? I know a lot of people out there are, are iRacers, racers, and they win all the time, right? That's no big deal. But uh, his he's in a league. Eric is in a league, and he got his first win. And they they air their races every Monday night on YouTube at eight thirty. If you go to I think it's Chop Shop Racing C two Gaming. Um, I don't I don't know exactly which one of those two they go by, but I know they 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 say both of those. Um, I, I call it Chop Shop Racing. So I want to give a shout out to them too because, um, and they have like announce an announcer on there that actually calls the races just like you'd be watching it on TV. So one week they run late models on dirt, and the next week they'll run sprint cars on dirt, and it's the same guys out there running, but it's you know they got a point standings and they got. You know, keeping tracks of wins and losses. So it's you're really like in the racing atmosphere. And if you've never seen an iRacing race, the graphics on this thing, I know it's, it, you know, it's a computer game, it's simulation, but the graphics on this thing is freaking awesome, man. It's, it's like you're there. And I liked it so much, I, well, my wife got me one for an early birthday present. Which my birthday's coming up here in a couple of couple of weeks. So and she knew that I was really, really wanting one of these things. I was I kept watching and watching. I couldn't wait for Monday, you know, I wanted to watch Eric race because 
he'd been doing good. He was he was impressing me with with the way he was able to to maneuver the cars, I guess. And once my uh, once my wife got me that for for my birthday, I I've been playing it. I've been playing it a lot. I'm about addicted to it. But um, you know, it, it's so. It is. What am I trying to say here? The the break in the gas is so touchy. It's so. Um, oh, the words that I've got it's escaped me now. Like I said, I can't talk tonight. But it's so touchy. You know, if you hit that gas just a hair too soon or a hair too hard, you're going to spin out. And I'm watching this kid who's he's never been in a race car before. You know, he's been driving on the street for some years now, but uh, he's never been in a race car. So he's he's kind of reading the track and he's reacting to how this car on this track is is handling and he's he's I can't say enough good things about it, man. He's doing awesome. And he got his first win, like I said, he's he uh, his first win was a few weeks ago. I think he's up to second or third in his point standing. So I just wanted to give a shout out to him and the Chop Shop Racing people that put this on because it's something that I'm not even in that, and I look forward to it, you know. And um, if you ever do tune in, just go to YouTube on a Monday at 8, 8 o'clock, I think is when it first comes on, and the actual race starts at 8.30. they got some practice time before that, but uh, you'll see Eric on there, and he's been doing pretty good. I think last week he started on the pole, ended up finishing second to a guy that really runs at at the track that they were racing at. I mean, he, he races that track in real life, and Eric ran second to him, was gaining on him. So, um, Eric, you're doing pretty good. Just wanted to say that. Pop's proud. And uh, keep up the good work. And I'm trying to, like I said, I've gotten, just a, a week or so ago, I've gotten the iRacing thing, so I've been on it. And I'm trying to build my uh, rating up there to where I can get in some of these same races as Eric does because... I'm sure he's going to kick my butt. He's going to wipe the floor with me for a little while, but uh, I'll get there. I'll get there. But I just wanted to give a shout-out to him and the Chop Shop Racing thing for, for putting that on. It's it's a pretty cool deal. And and when you turn into that, you're going to see the uh, RidingTheWall.com right there on Eric's car. He put that on there, and uh, I think it looks pretty cool. He's got the He's got the sweetest-looking ride on the track, guaranteed. <laughs> So, good job to that. But moving on with the the league standings, last thing we're going to talk about. Um, now, I'm recording this on a Friday. Normal Picks were in by Thursday night, 7 o'clock. But uh, like I said in the start of this, you know, Justin's been dealing with, uh, with things. He's uh, taking care of what he needs to take care of. I don't know who's got who picked yet. Um, the only ones that I know that have been picked are, let me pull this up here. I know I took Martin Truex. I know Jess, she took Seabell. She took Christopher Bell. And I know that H.R. Scotty has taken Kevin Harvick. So, that's all I know. Um. 
Hold on here. I do know Justin's pick. Hold on. Let me see. Who, who did Justin take? He took Kyle Larson. So those are the only four that I know. Hopefully Martin Truex can win because since the last time we've been on the air, I was doing pretty good. I think I was riding up in third spot last time we had a show. And Scotty was winning. Well, and then Miami happened. Scotty had Hamlin. <laughs> I had Larson. It was ugly. So now everything got got shaken up. And Hunter, of course, as we've talked about, well documented. Hunter has the uh, the sports almanac. He's back up top. He's winning by like 11 points over Chris. And then Scotty's sitting back here in third. I have fallen all the way to ninth. Thanks to Kyle Larson coming in a little bit hot. Um, I've got some that have passed me that I was hoping would not pass me. Like Earl, Brian, and of course Jess. She got around me. So she's sitting in seventh. Earl's in the top five now. He moved up six spots. He had... He had Tyler Reddick at Miami, and that, that paid off for him. So um, He's tied with Josh, I guess, for fifth place, so both of them are. Justin, who's had just the worst year ever, he's actually moved up a few spots. He's not in the basement anymore. He's 23rd spot. So, And then, you know, we're close in these points. I'm trying. My goal is to pass Scotty. I could care less about winning this game. I just want to pass Scotty because we, we've got a bet, right? And we, we've said it before. We've got a bet, me, Scotty, and Justin. Whoever wins, the other one has to say that that person's the man. And for us, growing up, there's a backstory to that. And and we had, the if you didn't catch the episode where we talked about, we had, when we were young, I mean, we were late teenagers, right? We were high school kids. UFC was a new thing. Right, it was just coming out. Like Ken Shamrock was one of the top guys at the time. Me and Scotty and and Justin and some others, we would have a we would have a UFC fight, and we, but we'd call it a Who's the Man because instead of tapping, tapping didn't mean nothing to us. You had to say whoever you were fighting against in a friendly fight, you know, in order to for the fight to be over. One of you had to say the other one was the man, right? So if, if me and Scotty were, were out there having our 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 fight or our match or whatever you want to call it, in order for me to beat Scott, Scott would have to say, Chad, you're the man. And then it was over. Shake hands and go on. Or in order for Scotty to beat me, I would have to say, Scott, you're the man. Well, that has become a thing to where we just will not do it. You know, <laughs> It almost got to the point where we had to stop because I would rather... Somebody break my arm than to say they're the man. It was just, it was just one of those pride things, you know. And and it's still twenty five, thirty years later has carried with me to this day. I do not want to say those words to Scotty, and I know that he does not want to say those words to me. And we're trash talking each other all through the week. <laughs> so my goal is not to win this whole league standings. It's just to beat. H.R. Scotty. And I think I might, I, I'm, I'm like 22 points off of him. He's 22 points ahead. I mean, I've got to make up 23 points in two races. 
That's a tall order. I'll be the first to admit it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. But I'm going to try like hell. And I'm not going to say it till after Phoenix, if I have to say it. And I know he's the same way. He's not going to say it till after Phoenix. But that's my goal. To make H.R. Scotty say I'm the man. And when this happens, it's going to be happening on the air, right here live, for the internet to have it for all of eternity. And Justin's been so far back here, he's already done it. He did it like a month ago. <laughs> I laugh, but I feel bad for him, you know, because I, I was in that boat last, last year. So, But we'll see what happens. You know, Hunter, he's back on top. I think he's just toying with us because he won this last year, right? And he, he fell down to like fifth or sixth spot, and he was just devastated. He thought it was over. We were like, dude, you had a bad race where you finished 15th, you know. It's not over. Far from it. And here he is back on top, two races to go, 11 points in the lead. So, looks like he found that almanac. I think he lost it for a few weeks, but uh, he's found it. He's back on top. And we'll see what happens at Martinsville. It, it, uh, I think Martinsville's going to shake these points up quite a bit. So we'll see what happens. So, that'll be it for me tonight. I'm going to get off here. I'm going to get something to eat because... Uh, I think that's going to help me a lot. And I'm going to wind down, get ready to go to bed. And I hope all of you have a good weekend. Enjoy your Martinsville weekend. Hope your driver does good, unless you're HR Scotty. And I hope he wrecks on lap one. And we will talk to you all next week. Right in the face. <laughs>